You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. This joint right here, it makes me want to... I thrive on the delivery of, you know, whatever the knowledge is or whatever the content is that I have. But I thrive on the change. I want to receive response back from the audience or the individual or the friend. Hi, this is Sandy Matthews, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hi, and welcome back to Hush Loudly, where we continue to talk to interesting, lovely, wonderful people about personality types in our society. As I've said before, my life, along with many introverts, we're surrounded by both introverts and extroverts. Actually, I've been surrounded by more extroverts in my family and professional life. And then my friendships are about half and half. But typically, you know, I seem to work for or work with an extrovert, which is always a great balance. And so today, I'd like to introduce an extrovert in my life who I now call a friend, a big sister, a mentor, but who I actually reported to many years ago when she hired me for my first job in media relations. Her name is Sandy Matthews, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She currently is the Vice President of Organizational Advancement for Illinois Action for Children. She possesses more than 20 years' experience in marketing, communications, and development, and has focused her career on advocating for family, children, youth, and education. Sandy returned to Illinois Action for Children in 2011 after a successful stint as Chief of Staff to the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights in the U.S. Department of Education. In that role, she was responsible for the effective and efficient operation of the Office of the Assistant Secretary, including program planning, communications messaging, constituent outreach, and daily operations, among other essential duties. Prior to her Obama administration appointment, Matthews was Vice President of External Relations at Illinois Action for Children from 2007 to 2010. Before joining Illinois Action for Children in 2007, Matthews served for eight years as a senior program consultant for the Michael and Juanita Jordan Foundation, where she provided management and public relations consultation for multi-million dollar giving campaigns, national nonprofit partnership programs, high-profile fundraising events, and the day-to-day operations of the Jordan Endowment Fund. From 1994 to 1997, she was the Director of Public Affairs for the Office of the Chancellor and the Seven City Colleges of Chicago. That's when I used to work for her. And previously, Matthews worked for 13 years in various capacities at the Chicago Sun-Times. 
Matthews possesses a proven track record of developing community programs that have a direct positive impact in Chicago and beyond. She served as a consultant to the Anti-Defamation League's World of Difference Education Institution and contributed to bringing the institution's cultural diversity program to hundreds of educators, students, and community leaders. And in 2005, she co-authored the children's book, Chicago Cubs, From A to Z which sold more than 50,000 copies with all proceeds donated to the charity. She is currently a member of the National Black Public Relations Society and Chicago Women in Philanthropy. A graduate of North Central College with a Bachelor of Arts in English and French, she earned a Master's of Jurisprudence in Child and Family Law from Loyola Law School in Chicago. Matthew lives in Chicago and is one daughter and four sons. So, Sandy, welcome to Hush Loudly. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. It's so nice to be here with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So, my question to you, which I start all of my podcasts with, are you an introvert? So, um, I would not classify myself as an introvert. I would say that I am um, an extrovert and not an introvert, as those two words are defined. Well, definitely, I think introverts do just as much, and introverts, you know, we turn it on when we need to, when we have to, but I would say you're an extrovert because of the whole draw energy from others and gain energy from social interaction versus the introverts expend energy in social situations, and introverts draw energy from within and recharge more in, in solitude, and definitely I've seen you in action, how you think while you're doing something you think while doing versus an introvert will think and then do so that's from what I've learned like the big differences are so yeah you're definitely an um an extrovert and so I wanted to ask have you ever done one of those personality um assessment tests such as Myers-Briggs or have you just always known you're more extroverted yeah, so um, I have had the Myers-Briggs personality test performed uh, on me, or I participated in one years ago, mm-hmm. and done some other per- sort of personality trait type tests uh, within the course of years of my career. Those tests are really interesting. I think mm-hmm. because I was administered uh, the Myers-Briggs in a work environment, in a professional environment, I think, um, you know, of course, the primary focus is on your leadership, you know, development skills mm-hmm. and your team building skills and yeah. ability. Um, but there were clear personality traits there that were evaluated that, you know, implied to me and confirmed for me that I probably was more of an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then you know how they group you in sections because it's like 16 different types. Yeah, I think, yeah. And then, you know, if you've done more than one, do you remember if you were always the same or did it change? I, yeah, I've only, I don't remember doing more than one. Okay. I've had, I've had another, like, personality trait 
test mm-hmm. a, a little while back, and, and my my characteristics are consistently, I would say, the same. The same. Um, mm-hmm. about my yeah about myself. Pretty mm-hmm. much the same. They don't they don't fluctuate a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that when I've just been around you professionally, but also socially, how you just go up and introduce yourself. First of all, you know everyone, but if you don't, I've seen you just walk up and say, hi, I'm Sandy Matthews, and just start a conversation. And that always just blows my mind. And it's so funny how I will start a conversation with a person, but it's like I will find that person in the corner, in a room, and then I may go (laughs) over slowly. But your approach is so different. I've seen you do it. You just walk straight up and put your hand out. Well, you can't put your hand out anymore with COVID, but you just come right out and and do that. (laughs) And so I wondered, like, what other ways do you think your extroversion manifests? Because I know I've seen that. I know that you have tons of groups of girlfriends and, you know, you probably would go out every night if you could. You know, I know you have work and you got to get up, but it just seems like those are the big things that I see with you. What else do you think your extroversion, how else does it manifest? Yeah, so um, I love the fact that you you've got me characterized in such an exciting way. <laughs> perception, perception versus reality, especially at this age. So I am social, and it's interesting because I think I'm a combination of introvert, as I've heard you describe it, and extrovert. I probably, if I could, wouldn't go out every night, and I think that's more of a function of just where I am at, at this age and time in life. Mm-hmm. Um, my extrovert character or characteristics of my extrovertedness are probably a large part of my personality and just who I am authentically and innately. And you're going to probably hear me use authenticity a lot more than a typical person would use. But when I enter a room, I, first of all, I'm always studying my surroundings and where I am. Typically, I am very social, but before I arrive or before I travel to any place, I, I'm really curious about, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the event or what the, or what the occasion or the convenience, but I'm really very authentically interested in who, who the people are in the room. You know, you know, where they're coming from, you know, what their lot is in life, et cetera. And sometimes I can gather a little bit of information. Sometimes I can't. So to be honest with you, Jerry, um, and I don't know if it's just something that's happened over the years, but when I, I walk into a room, I am very conscious of people noticing me. And I, I arrive a lot of places alone. I, 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 mm-hmm. I intentionally try to meet good friends at a place and really make it a habit of trying to travel alone if I can. Because that also, I think, forces me and, and requires me to be very conscious about, you know, walking into the room, having a smile on my face, mm-hmm. um, being receptive to, to making eye contact with others and just a nod um, or a head nod or a, a mouthing of a hello or whatever. So those are, those are practices that I just, and I, maybe those are characteristics of an extroverted personality. But I really am very conscious of my practice in life, how I how I engage with people, even friends that I've known for years and years and years. I'm, I try to be very conscious about being authentic and, and, and having some level of emotional um, intelligence about how I'm engaging with them so that it is something that is 
is very receptive and very warm and very much a part of my personality. And it's mm-hmm. not, not difficult for me. To try. That sets the stage, I think, for what you see. It, it gives mm-hmm. me, believe it or not, a, a, the confidence and the, and the sort of self-assuredness to walk up to somebody that I've actually made eye contact with across the room or nodded or mouth hello and mm-hmm. smile, you know, and smiling with my eyes, <laughs> with my, you know, with my mouth or whatever. So um, those are all intentional practices and, and things that I do as a part of setting the stage for that extroverted action that you just described, you know, being able to walk up to someone and introduce myself. Um, and I'm also very careful not to necessarily say what I do first, depending on the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is a work-related setting, I really try to engage, again, this human contact. And, and just in these days, especially in recent years, human engagement, like, hi, how are you? The name, if you have a name tag on it, that's your position. You don't need to repeat it. But I usually try to engage the person with their first name. And, I, and, and, and typically something I do is kind of nerdy or quirky or I, I try to compliment. You know, I'll say, uh, if, if, if that makes me feel a little easier, Hey, how are you? I'm Sandy. Um, love your scarf or, you know, that's a great pin you're wearing or, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, so, and, and then thus the doors open for conversation that's a, a much more deeper and authentic. So, yeah. That's good advice. I was going to ask you at the end about advice, but that's something interesting that it's like the, a deliberate thing and a way to yeah. bring your energy in and introduce yeah. yourself and then meet other people. And I just remember specifically a friend and I were having drinks or dinner with you and we were standing outside of a, a really trendy, cool restaurant mm-hmm. and this guy drives up and either he was the head chef or the owner or someone and you just walked right over and started a conversation and you all were laughing and talking and me and my friend were looking like, she don't even know him, you know, <laughs> and it just, then you exchanged cards and, and I just, that's just who you are, which is so fascinating and also great. That's a, a great attribute to have. So I want to also talk about you in the workplace as an extrovert and I worked for you and I believe we had a great uh, team dynamic and I remember before board meetings and things like that you basically share the report with me and it's like now I understand you were feeding off my energy and and my immediate reaction and comments because I remember you'd say well how's that Jer what do you think about that is that enough what do we need to add what you know and so that is how you do it versus I think I'm the very opposite where I probably would just be the night before writing and practicing you know alone and coming up with the best thing that I can. So regarding our extrovert-introvert dynamic as I work for you, what do you need from your direct reports? So this will be good information for other introverts who are working for extroverts. What are you looking for from a person who maybe their personality is not exactly like yours? Sure. So first of all, you know, in the workplace, I mean, I'm pretty consistent kind of with the extroverted, mm-hmm. but it obviously it's tempered and there are characteristics and practices, you know, that are in the workplace that are a little different than the social setting. I mean, it's hugely important to me um, at this level or stage that I am in my career you know, as a senior VP that leads the staff in the department 
uh, nine people and well, nine internal and about three external consultants around fundraising, development, marketing, communications, digital media, et cetera. So those are all areas that, that an extrovert, right? Probably mm-hmm. be in. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think what's most important is really providing leadership, good leadership at this level in my career. Now, I, I have managers that manage people in there, in, in, but good leadership mm-hmm. because those managers are, are still learning how to lead. Um, I've had a lot of experience leading. I've been a manager. I've been, you know, so so that's really what's important to me. And so that that extrovertedness, you know, is translated into being an effective leader. I mean, being a good leader, doing the right things, you know, being an authentic leader, doing the right things, mm-hmm. you know, leading with not just my, you know, education and skill, but with my heart and with my mind, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, what motivates people. Um, how do I motivate people with this extrovertedness to get the best possible outcome? Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. you hear a lot of talk about transformational leadership, but what does that mean? You know, how do we how do we change? How do we affect change in an organization or a non by work for a nonprofit or, or whatever? You know, how do we do something transformational? How do we encourage and excite people about changing, about transforming and and, and, and improving and creating? And so those are things that I those are those are things that I think about at this stage in time in my life in terms of leading and in terms of this extroverted personality and just really being myself and who I am. Years ago, it's so funny, I used to think that, you know, I was supposed to be something different in the workplace than I was uh, in my personal life and in my social life in terms of characteristics uh, and extrovertedness is one. But, you know, as you grow up, professionally and you begin to understand and you begin to execute your practice and, and even learn and that truly good leadership is when you're being authentic when you're embracing all of your characteristics that move you through life not just in one you know separating one from you know from the other so this extrovertedness that we were talking about today I have used hopefully I mean you have to ask some of my team, but I think I've used that in an effective way mm-hmm. um, to really, you know, lead my team and to, you know, build and grow really good managers, people that know how to do things right and manage for results, you mm-hmm. know, and really, yeah, and get things done. So I'm, I'm proud of that in that respect. You should be. And you just made me think of this question I want to ask you. Do you ever get nervous? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you mean just in general, like yeah, like when what makes you oh, nervous? Yeah. Oh well, so public speaking. I mean, that is so really for an extrovert. Yes, <laughs> so form, I should say formal public speaking, yeah. where you are standing up in front of a crowd, giving a structured speech that I have, you know, a written speech, and I have a you know introduction of the body, you know, a call to action, and the conclude whatever those types of structured speeches or talks or presentations make me nervous initially. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going Yeah, but I think stand-up speeches make me nervous. I think panel discussions, things that are less formal, and things that allow for human exchange, I think it's interesting. I've noticed that about myself in these years, later years, that, you know, I thrive on the delivery of, you know, whatever the knowledge is or whatever the content is that I have. But I thrive on the change. I want to receive response back from who mm-hmm. the audience or the individual or the friend or whatever. So that's yeah. important. 
Well, you know, I wonder about, I didn't know that about you speaking, the public speaking, but you're, as you were talking, I was thinking about, and I hope it's okay for me to say this, that you're one of Michelle Obama's best friends. And I started to think, and I know you were always at the White House during the eight years and doing things with your friend. And I wonder when you met different dignitaries and celebrities, because I know you've met Beyonce and you met all of these people. Does that ever make you nervous? Did you ever feel nervous with those kinds of situations? Um, actually, no, not at all. I think in those settings, and there were lots of them over the eight years, a lot of them were social settings, you know, I mean, some artistic convenings and musical convenings and things like that, but never. Um, I always felt comfortable. I mean, I can say that my relationship with the former first lady, you know, was initiated and started in a very authentic way. We both, you know, were moms to two young girls at the same time. Our daughters are two months apart and we started our friendship through a, a mom playgroup mm-hmm. that started when they were nine months old and that went on until they were obviously 21 and 22 years old now. They just both turned, well, well, we will be 22. Uh, actually, um, tomorrow and Paige turned 22, uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, so the comfort in terms of the friendship was the foundation and then everything right. else, the, the major life, life changing things that happened subsequently the next 10 years, 12 years or whatever to come were, you know, were, you, that stuff just happened and I was a part of that. So I, again, remained my authentic self mm-hmm. in this authentic friendship that mm-hmm. remained constant and the same. So no, I'm never, I, I met a lot of people. What I would try to do though, because celebrities, Jerry, are very different. The one thing that we assume about a lot of celebrities really interesting is that based on what we see on television perception, again, versus reality, uh, if we see one on television, we would think that they, you would think that Ellen is extremely outgoing. You would think that Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. because of, you know, the movies and, and the comedic, you know, mm-hmm. but actually painfully shy, both of these people, and mm-hmm. painfully shy when I met them for the first time. I mean, Jamie Foxx could not make eye contact. Mm-hmm. That's how shy, even there, there was a, a artistic convening or thing, a reception at the White House. Mm-hmm. And he was standing over and I met several people and I walked over and I said, Mr. Fox, it's so nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. I, you know, watch, I love your movies. I watch it. And he was, you know, he had his head. He, he said, oh, thank you very much. And he said, I already make eye contact. I'm like, oh my God. And I shook his hand uh-huh. and I, you know, kept, I kept it moving. I was <laughs> very sensitive to, you know. Yes, it, you're reading yeah, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it was, and that just blew me away because the the complete opposite of the person that I've seen on the screen. Or right, whatever. on stage. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm finding in a lot of the research that a lot of actors are more introverted or shy, which is the extreme, you know, shy is more fear and anxiety, but there are introverts who are shy. And I haven't read anything about him, but definitely Ellen, and there are quite a few others that I've read about that. You know, you see them, that's because they're at work. They're they're passionate about something, and so they turn it on for that. And then after that, they probably go back home on their couch and need to chill for two or three hours or take a nap, you know, because they're drained and they've done what they needed to do and come back home to their to their comfortable space. So that's really interesting. Very much so. It is indeed. Yeah. And so I wanted to um, talk to you about being an extrovert 
in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, we've come to the part where we're in phase four and the restrictions have lifted, so I think things are feeling normal in terms of people getting out. But back in March, you know, and mid-March and April when everyone was inside, there were all these jokes about how introverts are cool, fine, you know, we're good, and extroverts are not, and they're going crazy. And so I remember calling and checking on you because I know how highly social you are and how you are out with your girlfriends and out doing things. And so I wanted to know if we could talk a little bit about that. How was that for you in the beginning? So saying like late March, early April, when we were really stuck in, how was that? So there was indeed a period of adjustment. And I think for folks that are extreme extroverts, as well as those who are just, you know, moderate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there it was a huge period of adjustment. Um, not so much the social interaction initially, because we're talking almost four months now. Initially, it was just the unpreparedness for such mm. a major yeah. transition uh. from your and I don't think it's going to sound trivial because nothing we don't call very much trivial these days anymore, things that we took for granted. But for me, it's the simple things, the day-to-day, my daily life routine of activity and, and outside of the extracurricular social things. But those things were taken away. Yeah. And so so I, I, I go to a health club, and many people listening to your podcast might do that four to five days a week. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have stuff at home, but a part of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and going to health club to work out for me, it is social. There's some social. I socialize with that group of people that go and work out and take those classes and do those things and sweat and we leave and we go and prepare and go to work, whatever. That was, all of that was was removed. That social interaction was immediately taken away. I go into an office and where I work in a, in a fairly creative function with a team of millennials and digital babies and Gen Zers that I absolutely adore that that have taught me so much. That was all taken away. Yeah, we moved to remote and now everybody is emailing and on Zoom and on Microsoft Teams and all that. But there is a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. human connection, physical human connection, being able to see people, being able to have that sort of energy, you know, human energy. So that was a huge adjustment. And then Couple that with or pile on the absolute no social, not being able to gather with a girlfriend or two here to talk about, you know, the political scene or to talk about, you know, um, what's going on with women in the workplace or, you know, raising children in this day and age or our education system or our political. I mean, just all the things that I took for granted when gathering with these different sectors of amazing women that I have the um, you know privilege of being connected to, but that yeah you can talk on the phone yeah you can email, but there's something that is different about not being able to have that human exchange and in person connection. So that was a huge adjustment for this extrovert. (laughs) Yeah, is there anything that you think you learned about yourself? from that whole shelter in place because I'm wondering if it's going to happen again, you know, we're yeah. hearing about all of this. So I feel like we'll all be a little more prepared, but is there anything you think you've learned about yourself as an extrovert, yeah. your style? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I, I don't know if it, 
I think more affirmation about, you know, myself and my character and my strengths. I'm resilient. I've always felt that I was, but I haven't, you know, I mean, I've had, I haven't, I've had, I have a, 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 I'm grateful and thankful for a good life and good friends, but I haven't had a lot of major catastrophes where I've had to, you know, rise up from something extremely, extremely horrible in my life. I've had some, you know, but so resilience, I've learned that I'm, I'm resilient. And also, I also learned that, that I can adapt and adjust to major change in my life. Um, as we get older, we almost kind of remove sort of change from the equation in our lives. It's so funny. And we, we begin to look forward to and rely on things remaining the same. <laughs> and we call that stability and we call that comfort. But when in reality, um, I, I learned and discovered about myself that change, I think, is good. I think it will keep me forever young. I think it will keep me uh, forever ever valuing you know, the things in my life that are really important, the people in my life that are really important. So there's, this has been a lot of change, rapid change for everybody really quick. And I, I'm okay with change, you know. So if we have to revert back and, and, re- and go back to, you know, a restricted quarantine, I'll be better prepared for it because I've made some changes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We all will. We all yeah. will. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Sandy. You've given us so much advice just in your answers. If you have any additional advice or anything you want to end with, feel free to share. But I think that you've given us a lot in just these few minutes that we've talked to. So I just want to thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. Oh, you you are very welcome, Jerry. And I am so excited for you and what you're doing with this podcast and just with sharing really a lot of good information about, mm-hmm. you know, the people's characteristics, their, their human behavior, introverts, extroverts. I think irregardless of which, you know, one of those categories or descriptions you fall into, I think that, you know, there's so much value, you know, in it that we can find in however we describe our mm-hmm. human characteristics and our human nature and, and our conditions. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's been fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to Staying in touch. Well, thank you for that. And that's what, what the goal of this is. It's really to just educate and to just empower and encourage those introverts who may not be, you know, as extroverted or may not be as out there as they could be. And so that's the purpose is just talking to different people because, you know, we, we're all just learning and growing from this. So thank you again for joining us and we'll see you soon. Okay. And, uh, Happy quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Check us out on Facebook at slash introverts hush loudly and listen to past episodes at wgnradio.com or hushloudly.com. <laughs>